All right, that was pretty good. Was that enough to erase the loss from Buffalo, though? What loss from Buffalo? That's the Christmas spirit. Let's go. Good. We all feel Stop. good. Stop. Never gets rusty. What am I doing? Into my kitchen. Producer Drew, can you fix all this? And when it comes to the Toronto Maple Leafs, you can crumple, crumple, yeet. Saw that going differently. With you, wherever you are, welcome to LFR. Victory puppies, buddy. No, this just doesn't feel festive enough. It doesn't feel festive enough. There, I think that looks great. You know what else looks great? Segway. Leafs win! Four to one over the Columbus Blue Jackets. Avenging their loss against Columbus, uh, like, how many games ago was that? That feels a lifetime ago. I am so hot. I'm wearing a jersey and a sweater vest. I'm so hot! But the Leafs, I don't know if you heard this, they were down 5 nothing against Columbus. They came back, erased the whole 5 nothing deficit, ended up losing in overtime. Samsonov was in net for that one. He was in net for another one after that. Not sure if you remember which one. Well, we usually save the questions portion for the end of the video, but this one question kind of defines the rest of it. Well, it's actually a question and an answer. From James, was this a must-win game? And honestly, I thought that was a good, legitimate question until I read Ben's response. No. We really need to stop living and dying with every moment as a fan base. This team is 6-2-3 and three in their last 10 without their starting goalie and AHLers on defense. Whoa! Hey, hey, hey! It's Christmas! James, Ben... You're both right. Talking to James and Ben, I feel like I'm talking to the Leafs goalie tandem from a decade ago. If you got that joke, good for you. If you didn't, how's high school? Now look, was it a must-win game? No, that's a little extreme. Technically, no game is a must-win game unless it can mathematically eliminate you from the playoffs, whether it's in the regular season or the actual gosh darn playoffs. And yes, the Leafs have performed admirably over a period of time. They've done it without their starting goaltender. In a lot of ways, they've done it without their backup goaltender. At least not the one that they had last year, and it's the same guy! They've been missing at different points throughout the season about half their decor. And for the first 10 games or so, Sheldon Keefe temporarily lost his mind and thought David Camp on the third line would work again. You know how Dr. Claw would always scream at Inspector Gadget? Next time, Gadget. Next time. But there was never a next time. Dr. Claw always lost. That is nice and domey with camp. Who told you that was a good idea? Who? Name names. Did it come to you in a dream? What? Anyway, where was I going with all that? Oh yeah, they've been doing well. Like ever since, honestly, they got smacked around by the Boston Bruins that one game. Then they lost the following game to the Buffalo Sabres. I believe that one was in Buffalo as well. And since then, they've been one of the hottest teams in the National Hockey League, honestly. Not all the stats smile so brightly on the Toronto Maple police and their performances, the underlying numbers, the defensive metrics, but gosh gee willikers, they find a way! So yes, this season has been going swimmingly, but we cannot ignore the fact that last game, Austin Matthews, the best goal scorer in the National Hockey League at very least this season and two seasons ago, and gosh, he might just be the best goal scorer in the National Hockey League, called this, that loss, that 9-3 loss to Buffalo, the most embarrassing that he's been a part of. Which as a guy who covers every Leaf game made me go, are you sure? Game 7 2018, that was pretty bad. Game 7 2019 was worse. Game 3 2020, Game 5 2020 was pretty bad too. Game 1 last year against the Lightning turned out okay. That time you were part of a team that lost to one of its own employees! And then there's Game 5, 6, and 7 in 2021 against the Montreal Canadiens. I don't like to talk about it, only one person can talk to me about that and that's my therapist. But despite all that, 
Matthews, Austin Matthews, said that was embarrassing. Like, that one stuck out. And let's be honest, you agreed. You kind of agreed. I'm not that daft. I can see the numbers for the last LFR and I know they were higher than whatever the numbers for this one is gonna be. Over 100,000 people tuned in to see my misery. I know a lot of that wasn't Leaf fans. That's... You know, this is sort of my lot in life. It's a weird way to be. Like, what's your job? Are people excited to see you be sad? That's my job. Gosh, I wish I could see your reaction right now. You laugh, you realize I'm actually kind of right. That's my life! That 9-3 loss to Buffalo was a big deal to the fans and obviously to the team. And they responded in kind against the Blue Jackets, two teams who big time need a win. Big time need a win, not necessarily for the standings, except for Columbus, but need it for the vibes, for the feeling. I don't know if you saw the other day against Washington Capitals, Elvis Brzezlikens just decided, I'm gonna fight Tom Wilson in the middle of an overtime, and then Ovechkin scored on him, and the entire Capitals team screamed at him after the fact. I have never seen that before. Kind of embarrassing. And then the Leafs, in front of a packed barn full of Leaf fans in Buffalo, get stomped 9-3 and completely quit on their team and goalie and everyone in the building. Not great. So I found it interesting that in the final game before the Christmas break, Sheldon Keefe went back to Marner with Matthews on the top line alongside Nice. And listen, I don't know if that was strictly an adjustment from Sheldon Keefe. It probably was. But I'm choosing to believe that that was Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner, two of the pillars of this team's present and probably future. But I'm choosing to look at that as Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner, two pillars of the present and probably future of the Toronto Maple Leafs going, we got this. That and the Blue Jackets are just absolutely shambolic. No idea how they didn't get out of their own zone. I'd love to call it a great effort for Matthew Nyes, and it is, but the Blue Jackets just give it away. Mitch Marner takes it, curls around the net, does a little fake shot over to Austin Matthews. I'm Mitch Marner, you think I'm shooting this? Wham bam, thank you Austin. I don't, I don't think that's, that's not even how you spell it. Anyway, he scored, this is 27th of the season. Now that is how things would be after one, and by after one I mean after most of one. Really weird and scary play near the end of the first period. Austin Matthews and Sean Corrali, the veteran player in this league, they go into the corner and Jake McCabe lays a, a stiff hit on Corrali. I thought it was stiff. I didn't think anything of it though. It could have been worse. Now if you watch the replay, Corrali like immediately like drops to one knee and like in a in kind of a flump. As soon as I saw that initial replay of him falling, I'm like, uh-oh, something's wrong. And of course when it rains it pours, Jake McCabe goes to backhand the puck around the boards and it ends up hitting Corrali in the gut. He skates off extremely slow, the camera's following the puck and then all of a sudden you see the Blue Jackets are yelling. Erica Branson grabbed a ref. I don't think I've ever seen that before from a, a player on the bench. And they paused the game because Corrali was having some sort of medical emergency. Now, the Blue Jackets have released an update. This is two parts. I'll read what they initially sent. Update, Sean Corrali was injured late in the first period of tonight's game versus Toronto. Medical personnel were alerted as a precaution. He is currently being evaluated at the arena and they updated that with, update, Corrali suffered an abdominal injury. While his injury does not appear to be serious at this time, he will be taken to Grant Medical Center for further evaluation. Now he took a stiff check to the body and then a puck to the body and that padding, there's, there's, let's just say there's open spots, vulnerable spots. You usually hear about it when someone digs in a cross check like right under the shoulder pads, but above the pants. I don't know if it's his ribs or like something internal, I don't know, but Optimism from the Blue Jackets, that was at very least 
somewhat comforting. All I can say at this time with the information that I have is I hope Sean Corrali recovers fast, man. That was scary. Second period begins, or rather they play 18 seconds of the first, and I'm just watching like, this is exactly the sort of situation that Lisa would allow a goal in. We'd be talking about it at Christmas Eve. We don't know whether they call it a first or second period goal, and it's technically a first period goal, but you know it's not. Turns out, close. They play 18 seconds. The horn goes, goalie switch ends. 22 seconds later, Justin Danforth gives the Leafs a taste on a breakaway. He needs to be a Leaf at some point, just for the jokes. He beats Martin Jones and it's 1-1. I told you, both teams need this. Now, I don't need to waste your time too much with the rest of this video because after this goal that made it seem like it was going to be a back and forth night, a long night, I thought the Leafs controlled this thing comfortably. TJ Brody down the ice to John Tavares, puts the Blue Jackets in a spin cycle, gets in position, shoots and scores Ew. He just continues to chug along with his very, very, very wonderful season so far. 2-1 Leafs, a lead they would not relinquish. Leafs on the power play, much to the chagrin of Blue Jackets fans, we'll get to that in a moment. Marner finds Matthews again, and this is one of those games. It's one of those games! It's funny, whenever the Leafs are struggling, and Matthews and Marner happen to be on the same line at the same time, our first reaction is split them up. But sometimes when they're together, they have these games where you're like, why would you ever split them up? What moron would ever do that? This was one of those games. In the second period, both teams got five shots apiece. Somehow three of them went in and it was a 3-1 Leaf lead after two. Now, the penalties that Blue Jackets fans didn't love, honestly, I get it. Someone from the Blue Jackets needs to say something. Uh, I, I admit I haven't paid too close attention to Fantilli and his penalty situation. But you'll remember earlier in the season, there was a play where Fantilli got high sticked or something. A ref called a penalty on it. Fantilli, being a good little boy, skates over to the ref and goes, hey, he actually like didn't get me, I'm okay. And the ref gave him an unsportsmanlike call for that for some reason. And then Fantilli, I don't know what mistake he made there, but according to the ref, he made a mistake. The key mistake he made is after the game, he went to the media and he talked about it and he said what happened and he told the story and you don't do that. I don't say you don't do that. I think it's entertaining and amazing. Thin-skinned NHL officials say you can't do that. And that embellishment call he got, ah. And the subsequent holding call he got, ah. Here's how I would put it. Is that a penalty? Yes. Is it often called? No. Is it gonna get called against him? Every single time. The Blue Jackets will go as Fantilli goes. Someone needs to step in and say, hey, can we maybe stop having a vendetta against this kid, please? Third period shorthanded, William Nylander with TJ Brody, and William Nylander does the most hilarious thing. And that is make Daniel Tarasov believe that he is going to pass it to TJ Brody, who has like, does he have a goal? He might have won. Producer Drew sent me a stat is something like the Leafs have seven goals from their D and Morgan Riley has four of them. And I was like, okay, can I name the other three guys? I think Timmons, I think McCabe, and then I think Giordano has one. I don't know if Brody has one. Anyway, he didn't pass it. Why would he? He's William Nylander, shoots it, snipes it, and the Leafs shut it down from there. It was 4-1. It stayed 4-1. And now we all get to have a Merry Christmas. Questions. Has Benoit solidified a spot? He has been so steady back there. Honestly, I think Benoit has solidified a spot. At very least, he solidified a spot until after Giordano gets back. Because Timmons wasn't in the lineup. They put Lagason in there. It seems clear to me that, at least according to Leafs coaching staff, the fight is now between Lagason and Timmons. The only thing that might screw this up is Giordano, who can play right, typically plays the left, so 
he might bump out Benoit for that reason. But I think if Keefe could play Benoit over Lagason or Timmons any given night, he would. 50 and 50 for Matthews. Is it too early to start the conversation? Well, 50 and 50, the Rocket, the Hart Trophy, all those things are great, but who cares? He got the Leaf Heavyweight belt from David Camp. Look at that. Look at this beautiful. Those are two beautiful men. But dude, Matthews is doing some truly special stuff right now. From NHL PR, Austin Matthews, who has 28 goals in 30 games because he missed one, became the first player with 27 plus goals through his first 30 games of a season since Yarmir Yager in 96-97. He had 30 in 30 games with Pittsburgh. It's indicative of how good Austin Matthews has been, but also the era, the era that we're playing in. Scoring is so high league-wide. Look at the list. Look at the list. I know it says since 90-91. There's no other year starting with a two on this list. This is the first one. So it's incredible that Matthews is on a 28 goal in 30 game pace on the whole season, but like he had like a, at least one, probably two slumps. Matthews first 11 games of the season were hat trick, hat trick, no goals, no goals, no goals, one goal, no goals, no goals, no goals, one goal, hat trick. He had more hat tricks than he had games with one goal. Now scoring in five games out of 11 isn't a bad pace. It's just not best goal scorer in the world pace. It's definitely not 50 and 50 pace. But recently he's been getting a goal or two every night. He's got goals in seven straight and eight of nine. Here's his last nine games. Two goals, no goals, two goals, one goal, two goals, two goals, two goals, one goal, two goals. So yeah, no, I don't think it's too early. Let's have the 50 and 50 convo. I say he doesn't. So listen, folks, that's it for a few days. It's Christmas Eve. It's then Christmas, depending on when you're watching this. Boxing Day, you have a lot to catch up on. Boxing Day is when you're watching it. It's okay. Whenever you watch this video, whoever you watch it with, I'm with you wherever you are, buddy. Welcome to LFR. I'm so happy that you watch these videos. I'm so happy that you seem to enjoy them. I'm so happy that you chose to spend this time with me. Just wearing the sweater vest makes you want to talk this way and be nice to people. Listen, that is it for this one. Thank you very much for watching. Click like if you liked this video. Click subscribe if you really liked it. Tell all your friends you need to subscribe to SDPN. There's going to be so much content over the next few days uh over the next week or so my throat is sore we've recorded five or six extra podcasts that you haven't even heard yet the sweden video walking around and talking to everybody is going to go up on the sdpn youtube channel on boxing day producer drew i believe you're not in the same room okay so much content you got to be there and if you don't watch it or if you do have a merry christmas happy holidays I'm not going to wish you a happy new year. I'm going to see you before then.